0: Second Peter, chapter three. In the word. We began to talk last week, if you remember, and if you were here and if not, it's new information to you. We began to talk on this subject, achieving spiritual growth. You know, really, if you talk to a lot of Christians, one of their desires is to grow. Um, I, I know I would get around as a new believer I would get around some people that had been in the faith a long time and uh, of course you notice supposed to notice that there's a difference in their life right and uh, the people I were around thank God that was the case and I'd that hey there, there there's a difference they're close to God and I was uh, thinking how can I get that way I want to be like that right You know, you're supposed to be like that. You're supposed to be and We'll we'll read our text here. In second, Peter three, chapter seven, chapter three, verse 17, it says, therefore, dear friends, since you already know this talking about a variety of things, since you already know this. And we could say to you, church, since you already know many things about God and you know many parts of the word, but be on your guard. Don't just say, oh, I know that. Be on your guard so that you may not be carried away by the error of lawless men and fall from your secure position. We, we saw this one verse about falling back. Is that right? Is it possible to get established in the things of God and then go backwards? Be on a process of falling backwards to where you're not growing up. You're falling back. Is that possible? You could see from this verse that it is. And of course, you know, if time allowed us, we, we could turn to several verses. You would see that same thing. It is possible to fall back, to go back. Uh, and, and you know what? It's a sad testimony. Many Christians do that. Their whole life, as a matter of fact, is a process of, well, I'm serving God this week. But then next week, oh, no, you know. And then next month, I served God for a whole month. But then the next three months, you can't find them. Right? Those folk don't ever grow. But, verse 18 says, But grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To him be glory both now and forever. Amen. What are we supposed to do? Grow. How how much? How much? For how long do we grow? You know, I, I'm thinking of a verse in Second Thessalonians where Paul was talking uh, to the church and he said, Guys, your faith is growing exceedingly. Is it possible to grow exceedingly? A whole lot. A bunch. What's the limit on our growth? Uh, do you know physically there are limits? Most of us ha- most of us have reached the vertical limits of what it's possible to grow to. Right. I mean, I got up to six, three doubt that I'll get up to six, seven anytime soon. Right. right, right. Amen. And if you don't take care of your bones and stuff, you lose a couple on the way down. Amen. Now, uh, it's possible to grow wider you don't want to be. You're not interested in that, right? No, no, no. you can't eat like I've been eating the past couple days and uh, keep from that, though. Growing up. So we gave you 10 reasons why Christians don't grow. We're, g- we're not going to review those. You know, if you're if you're interested and you weren't here, tapes are available of that. But the goal of our growth is what we talked about last week. And do you know that we are supposed to, in every way, um, have as the goal of our growth being conformed and changed to be just like Jesus? And whereas people say that's not possible, then the Bible's not true. And if the Bible's not true, what are we doing here? Right? Turn it back to consumers' beverage right the bible's true it says that as he is so are we in this world bible says that he that says he abides in him ought to live and ought to walk just as he did and folks think well nobody could become like jesus jesus did (laughs) remember i said to you jesus wasn't just like jesus when he started how did he get that way he grew bible says he grew in favor He grew in stature and wisdom. He grew. If he can grew, (laughs) you can grew too. Is that right? Let me give you some some thoughts today on why it's so important. Because I think you already see growth takes some effort. Development takes effort. Why don't we just all do the minimum to get into heaven? Hmm? Why be anything other than what we like to call a Sunday morning Christian? Do you know, you know, uh, probably the great majority of people that do actually go to church do so with the attitude of, "Okay, I'm giving God my hour and it better not go over an hour. And I mean, they think they hung the moon. They think, man, I just went way over and above the call of duty by giving God my hour. Now, leave me alone the rest of the week. How many know God's not a negotiator, especially he does not negotiate with sin? He's not going to negotiate with you. And, you know, the sad thing is a lot of churches facilitate that that attitude. And I'm all for having multiple services and I'm not trying to be inconvenient. You understand that we're not trying to, to be unsensitive to seekers and we're not trying to be inconvenient. Huh? I mean, if we needed to have five services, uh, we we would and could. We believe God very quick for a huge building where we wouldn't have to have five services because pastor doesn't want to do five services. You understand this is not just like working at McDonald's. I mean, I'm giving out, you're receiving, energy is being expended. I, I, when I'm done ministering, I feel like I do after working on a house for a whole day. You know what I mean? Um, it, it's a big day's work, all condensed into a little bit because it takes. it, it just takes a lot out of you when the anointing's on you, it sure does. So to do it five times in a row, I'm not look. I wouldn't want to do that. But if we needed to, go to more than one service, which we're not in any danger of yet, but we're not done yet. Hello. But anyhow, um, a, a lot of churches facilitate that mentality in a lot of different ways, is what I'm saying. And I mean, all, we're almost just a couple steps from having a drive-through, right? Yeah. Having a, you go to, like McDonald's, you go to the first window, you take their offering. Because then if they get a line, at least you got the money. Go to the second window, you, you put your hand out, put it on their head, speak a blessing over them, they're done. Right. Well, I mean, in a, in a lot of ways, a lot of churches have, have gone almost, not that extreme, but getting close to it, you know what I mean? But you know what? I'm sold out. And you're sold, we are sold out for God. We're not Sunday morning Christians. We're living for Him every day, serious about the things of God. I mean, I'll tell you what. We're going to tell you the reasons why you're going to want to grow. You want to grow. And one reason we're not talking about is when you get to heaven, you don't want it to be a very uncomfortable transition for you. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I only did this one hour a week. I mean, some people, some folk, the way they live, you—it know, it's like they're not really looking forward to heaven because... Everything's going to change. I'd rather just be kind of walking in a little heaven on earth. Amen. Let me give you three reasons today. Why you should be very interested in growing up spiritually. You all right with that? And and these uh, these are three reasons, I believe, from from our father's perspective, why he wants us to grow up. Number one. God wants to fellowship with us. Let me tell you one of the most fabulous pieces of information you'll ever hear. That is this, that the creator of the universe who has everything, and if he didn't have it, he has enough power to create it for himself. Mm -hmm. Hello? Mm -hmm. Uh, That individual is not complete and is not satisfied unless he can enjoy his relationship with you and I. That is awesome. That is awesome to me. He wants to hang with us. He does. He wants to hang with you. You and him. Hmm? Would you like to go fishing with God? Or ladies, would you like to go shopping? you? You know, he'll go shopping with you. He'll go fishing with you. But see, that's not an automatic thing. That's not a given. Let me, let me switch gears here for a second. Is there, um, you see cultures change and you see sometimes, especially with kids and teenagers, is there any style of person or group of person that you just think, I see that they're human, they have two arms, two legs, but I do not relate. Okay. I, I mean the dyed black hair and the spikes and the colors and the you know the the the, the pierced forehead. You know what I'm saying? I, I, but I mean, you go to talk to them, it's almost like a different language. You know what I mean? And I'm not try, I'm not saying anything bad. We embrace these folk. I mean, I was at the pet show yesterday, and I met oh boy, they are a different bunch. The people that really, 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 really love their pets. You know what I mean? I, I mean. Uh, you know, give your kidney for your pet. Give. I met, the, there was a lady a couple booths down. And you know what? These were not Christians, most of them. That's where I want to be. You know, some churches, the way they do evangelism, they should go set up at the church fair. You know, let's reach the Christians. We don't want to fish out of our own bathtub. And so I'm glad we were there. We made some contacts and different things and planted some seeds, what we did. The lady, a couple booths down, she does, um, she does animal and owner therapy. Glory to God! Healings, healing sessions. I said, "Hey, I'm in the same business. We lay hands on the sick." She goes, "Oh, do you?" Because well, we each have our gifts. <laughs> <And> <laughs> Therapy for your puppy. This is my therapist. This is Fluffy's therapist. When they'll do reconciliation sessions. I'm, t- I'm telling you, come on, there's all kinds. Of, there's books out on pet psychology and holy smokes. But anyhow, so there's 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 different worlds. You know what I mean? It's like uh, and, and that's what we have to be really good at is because when, when people walk through this door, a lot of times this is a different world. And we need to be experts at saying, C- let me show you around my world. Let me get you comfortable. This is a good world. It is. It is an awesome world. Amen. Amen. Uh, but there's some people's worlds. I would just not know what to do. I mean, it's been a long time since I've been in, in nightclubs and in around that kind of scene. I mean, years and years, decades, I guess. But uh, somebody would have to show me around, teach me the language. You know, it was it was like that with God and us. We were made in his image once upon a time, long time ago. But I'll tell you, every time he'd want to get close to us, sin would repel him away. You've used off, right? Insect repellent. Sin is God repellent. You want God to be far from you. Spray some sin all over you. But thank God. See, he desired us so much. He wanted to hang with us, have fellowship with us so much that he made a way for a real relationship to work. And he sent Jesus. Now, how did he do? What did he do? He became what we were. He became sin. He sent Jesus down to to our level. Didn't he? So that uh, when Jesus died, his death took care of all that stuff that separated us, kept us apart. When a person receives Jesus, you know, they're made a new creature on the inside. They're born again. But. Now when a person is born naturally, what do we call them? A baby. You know when a person is born spiritually, spiritually speaking, they are babies. Uh, if you're still in second Peter, go to first Peter chapter two. First Peter chapter 2. Just a couple pages back from where you were in verse two, it says this like newborn. What babies crave pure spiritual milk so that by it you may grow up. I had you turn to your neighbor and tell him to grow up last time, didn't I? All right. We won't do it this time. Grow up in your salvation because now that you've tasted that the Lord is good. Do you know that there's a real parallel here between natural birth and spiritual birth? Newborn infants, have you noticed that they have a real limited set of life skills? Hmm? And I'm not making fun. I was this way, too. My parents told me, you know, that I had problems controlling my bowels <laughs> as a newborn. You know, their communication consists of crying. Huh? And you know, really and truly, it doesn't seem like they're interested in meeting anybody else's needs except their own. You notice that they basically eat, sleep and mess their diapers. Now, I'm not saying you can't fellowship. You can fellowship with a baby. Some you can certainly bond. But listen. Listen. Have you noticed you can't have a real meaningful conversation because even if it looks like they're listening, they're not getting it all. A baby. Right. Can we. Now, is that okay for the first little bit? Sure. We expect that. Have you noticed you can only fellowship with a baby on a baby's level? Not at your level. And you know, when a person is first born again, it's joyous for them. It's joyous for their father. Um, He meets you at your level, doesn't he? And for a newborn, how many know it's all baby talk? Between you and God. Father, I love you. That's about all you know at first. But he's cool. He's okay with that. Now, a nine-year-old? No. No. Hello. If you got a nine year old that's still wearing the diapers and still right, still still wants you to feed him, still cries instead of talking. We need to grow up. Hello. God came down on our level to get us started, but he wants us to grow and come up to his level so that he, so that we can have intimacy with him. Listen to this statement, see if you can agree with it. He became what we were so we could become like He is. He became what we were so we could become what He is. Don't you know God has a big family here on earth, but most all His fellowship is baby talk? Goo goo gaga with His kids. Some of them are 50 years old in the faith. Baby talk still. Uh-huh. Do you know that just because time passes, just because years pass does not mean you're growing spiritually. Mm-hmm. It's what goes on during those years. Um, God really appreciates, and you can understand this, you would too, He really appreciates those that will grow. Because mm-hmm. He can talk with them. And because they can help take care of all the babies Right. I mean, saw, many of you have kids and have had kids. Don't, don't, didn't you just love each? You know, you love every, every step of the way. But wasn't it great when you could just really talk to them as an adult or, or, or at the age that they're at? And now we're talking about things that we never could talk about before. Now we can communicate. Now we can have fellowship. We're talking about how God wants to have fellowship with us. But He needs us to come up along the way if He's going to be satisfied. Well, I thought it was impossible to know God's ways and God's thoughts. They are higher than ours, but that doesn't mean that we can never know them. He's given, him his, he's given us His thoughts. He's given us His ways in His Word. Right? Look at Philippians 3. Do you know that the Apostle Paul, who was just a great man of God, great man of faith, he had to grow. If you don't read the Bible carefully, you'd think that Paul got saved on the road of Damascus, sat down and wrote the letter to the Romans. But do you know that years and years passed before he did those things? Um, Really, 13 or 14 years, if you add up the different times he says, "I I went and Stayed in this town for this long. And I went and stayed here for that long. And then I went out, preached and taught. Took some time. He grew. But see now, even now, later in his ministry, later in his life, look at what he's still saying in Philippians. Look at verse 10. Paul's prayer, he says, I want to know Christ. Do you know what that word know means? You've heard the term uh, when somebody says, You know, he knew them in the biblical sense, right? This 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 word "know" literally means to have intercourse with, to have intercourse with. Don't anybody's mind get going anywhere weird? But um, are we supposed to be able to be that intimate with God to where we are intermingled with Him and His things? Paul said that I may know Him. And the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of sharing in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, and so somehow to attain to the resurrection from the dead. Then he says this, not that I've already obtained all this. Boy, he was almost through his ministry in life and he wasn't done yet. Growing. I've not already been made perfect, but I press on. Would you underline that or mark that press on part? Press on. To take hold of that which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers, I do not consider myself to yet have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, I press on. There it is again, toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Boy, that's somebody that's that's wanting to grow. Well, why do we want to grow? Because God wants to fellowship with us. Number two, God wants us to grow so he can use us. God wants us to grow so he can use us. Go to 1 Corinthians 12. Verse 18. 1 Corinthians 12, 18. Says this, God has arranged the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. You and I are members of the body of Christ, aren't we? And God has arranged the parts of his body as he wanted them to be. There are no parts of his body that he never wants to use. Do you have any parts of your body that you never want to ever use for anything? There may be some that you could live without, but they're there for a reason, right? How many here want all your parts ready to use all the time? Hmm? Do you know that sometimes you really never even notice some parts until they stop working? Man, when there's a malfunction, all of a sudden, you appreciate that spleen or whatever, you know? Big time. In our society, you know, there's some jobs that there's some jobs that are we call entry level. Almost anybody could do them. But do you know that there's other jobs that take some development, some growth? Before you're ready to run the business, how many are glad that airline pilots are experienced, right? They start with empty planes, no passengers except them and, and somebody that can take over for them if they mess up. And how do you get to be an aircraft commander? You grow into it, you develop into it. Amen. Amen. Now, I've never needed this one, but uh, and hopefully you haven't either. But aren't you glad that brain surgeons practice on dead brains? If they had to ever go under your hood, you wouldn't want it to be the first time. You've done this before. Well, I read a book on it. Oh, Lord, you develop, you grow. It's that way with God. He's got a place and a destiny for everybody in the body of Christ. Do you know that nobody starts out in their ultimate place? God wants to use you, but you have to grow into it. Everybody starts out helping. And I'm not saying that very few people are supposed to end up behind a pulpit speaking. But everybody has a place in God. And part of his plan is certainly what you do for a living and things like that. He wants you to be involved. I mean, in those kind of things, but he's also got work for you in the kingdom of God. Uh, you don't have to turn there, but first Timothy three, six talks about leaders. And it says, don't put a beginner, don't put one that's newly come to the faith in a position of leadership. They can't handle it yet. They have to grow into it. Amen. Amen. Most Christians they never get anywhere near the ultimate place that God has for them, because they don't want to grow. Hello. You know, to grow you got to get stretched. That's uncomfortable. Have you ever started on an exercise program? Lots, of different times, right? I mean, several years ago. I don't, I don't do anything um, to write home about at all, but. But I do have certain things I do four or five times a week. And I'll tell you, the first week, I couldn't stand it. I hate it. Why? It's stretching things that I didn't even know were there. Right? But you know what? After that first week or two, most people quit during that. After that first week or two, I didn't want to quit. I started liking it. like the results. Amen. Growth is uncomfortable. Change is uncomfortable. But... If you'll do it, God can use you. God can use you. Then number three, God wants us to grow. Well, let me let me review here here a second. He wants us to grow, first of all, so he can fellowship with us. And then secondly, he wants us to grow so he can use us. Thirdly, he wants us to grow so he can bless us. If you look at first Corinthians, you're in the 12th chapter, go to the second chapter. We won't be done today talking about this, by the way. We'll be a couple couple weeks on it. And you're believing with me, right, that we'll get out what God wants, get it delivered. And believe with me that even more of the people that need to hear this, that are off today, would be on next time. And they'd hear verse 9. Uh, first Corinthians two, I always like this verse from the first time I read it. It says, however, as it is written, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. God wants to bless you with good things. Now, see if you can agree with this statement. Blessing follows responsibility. Responsibility. They're they're teaching now in the public schools around here, which I'm glad they are character ed, character education, right? Responsibility uh, isn't that a character ed term? Character ed term? Don't they teach that? Yeah, character ed. I thought they did. Responsibility. You know, uh, a lot of teenagers they get to the place where they want to drive and they want their car. Come on. <clears throat> And get their own cars. Well, have they shown that they can keep their room clean? You grow into these things. If they can't keep their room clean, what do you think the car is going to look like? Amen. When you When they go to their friend's house two doors down and you say, be back at such and such a time. And they're not back at such and such a time. When they're driving across town, you think they're going to come home on time if they hadn't done it two doors down? Teenagers, you might want to listen here today. Do you see why, spiritually speaking, God hasn't let some people drive? Huh? He hasn't put them behind the wheel of some things. You've got to grow into it. I mean, with a car, go back to this car thing. You, you're putting a potentially dangerous weapon In the hands of someone that's immature or irresponsible, you don't want to do that. That's not a blessing. They could kill somebody. But now, if they are trustworthy, if they are responsible, and they keep showing you and keep showing you, how many know that can be a big blessing? You might be done chauffeuring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Huh? All the parents of teenagers saying, Stop talking about this car. I'm far away from it still, so I don't, you know. There's things that God has for us to bless us, but it can hurt us if we're not ready for it. And it can hurt others if we're not ready for it. It takes spiritual maturity to be a good steward of his gifts. Don't you know that money takes maturity? My wife agrees with me, another person or two. Listen, do you know how many Christians... Oh, God bless me. Oh, God bless me. Oh, I need money. I need money. I need money. Money comes. They're out of there. Bye. Why? They weren't ready for it. You know what money does? It magnifies whatever you are. If you're a rascal, it makes you a more powerful rascal. Hmm? If you're a blessing, it makes you a bigger blessing. Don't think that, well, when the money comes, I'm going to change this or that. You're going to do whatever you've been doing. You know, sometimes we talked for a long, there was, there's been times in the past couple years, we haven't had enough space, living space. And we've talked about how, well, this will be better when uh, we have more space. And we, we had to say, no, you know what, that's not right. We're going to do there whatever we do now. Huh? If we can't be organized in this little space, what makes you, th- all it's going to be is a big mess. Huh? <laughs> right. uh-huh. Glory to God. So God bless us. We must have done OK. But, <laughs> you know, I, I, the Lord spoke, dealt with me real distinctly where cars were concerned. Because I tell you, my first couple cars when I was living in Florida, I was a bachelor. I just lived out of them there. I mean, they, any fast food restaurant you want to mention, you can find a bag in the back seat. Anybody know anybody, anyone like that? If it's you, you need to change the Lord. Then we got a new car um, when we moved out to Tulsa. Now, it wasn't brand new, but it was close to it. It was that model year, and that was the year we got the car in, just a couple thousand miles on it. But, and, and, uh, it was kind of entry level, you know what I mean? But it was nice, it was nicer than anything we'd ever had. We were great, real grateful for it. But the Lord dealt with us. You ever want to get something better? Show me how you do with this. And you can ask folk, there was never, and, and really to this day, we do not ever leave trash in our car. Most of the time, the car is clean on the outside, too. Not, not too good when it rains every other day. You understand? Right now, I got mud on it. Um, do you see the? You see the connection? You want God to bless you bigger? What are you doing right now with what you have? Stewardship. Money is that way. Marriage takes maturity. God, where's my spouse? Where's my spouse? Well, maybe there's a reason. Everybody, look straight ahead. Are you ready? Have you been getting you ready? Right. Well, I'm waiting for Mr. Wright. Are you Mrs. Wright? Right. Right. Mr. Wright's going to find Mrs. Wright. He's not going to find you <laughs> unless you're Mrs. Wright. Right? right. right? Uh-huh. right. <laughs> get it right. Yeah. right. Marriage takes maturity, children take maturity. I firmly believe, you know, now, now I can, if you said this in politically, you'd get slaughtered, but I firmly believe everybody shouldn't be allowed to have kids. <laughs> You ought to have to apply. Hey Amen. I know there's I know there's some that even recently I read in the paper where um, the judge said, you can't have any more kids. Court order. Now they didn't castrate them or anything, but they said you can't have any more kids. Oh, well, the people blew up over that. How dare you? They had 14 already and they're not taking care of a one of them. Just feeding the foster homes with their kids. Well, they shouldn't. I think that was right. Children take maturity, promotion and higher statue. God wants you to move into some of these things, but it takes growth. It takes maturity. Have you ever wondered why some people and some Christians seem to get blessed earlier on in their walk with God than others? Do you know that there are reasons? This may not be the easiest thing to swallow, it may be because they passed some tests that other people failed consistently. Maybe because they responded to growth quicker. If, if God, who wants us to be so blessed, oh man, I, I, I mean, I, I always preach on it because you just don't hear it. You hear, you hear a real middle-of-the-road, middle-class gospel. Oh, God just wants you to, you know, kind of have enough. But we don't want to say that too loud because, you know, what if he doesn't come through? I had a friend call me yesterday, yesterday or the day before. He works uh, down in Orlando for a big Christian publications company doing children's curriculum. And while he was about to go in a meeting, he was getting called on the carpet. You know, you know what that means? They wanted to talk to him about something that got in that curriculum, which was God will get you out of every difficult, every trouble. Or he'll always come through for you. That was something to that effect was in one of the songs or a part of the curriculum. And he said, Joel, I got to go in this meeting. Uh, Talk to me for a second. And I didn't even have to think about it. I said, talk to you. You mean like Psalm 34, many of the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers them out of a few? (laughs) No, out of them all. You mean like 1 Corinthians 10, 13? God will make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. You mean like 2 Corinthians two fourteen? God always causes us to triumph? But you see, the people of this company, they don't want to set up those kids for disappointment. They don't want to set people up to be... Don't tell them that God will always come through for them. What if He doesn't? I don't know how I even got off on that. But I'm telling you, that's a serious thing. You're questioning the master's integrity. You're saying, God, I know you said it, but you're probably a liar. How would you feel? I'd rather you rob from me. I'd rather you steal from me. I'd rather you come up and punch me in the face, but don't call me a liar. Don't don't question my character. Amen. If God said he shouldn't have said it, he had no right to say it in the word if it's not true. And if we can't take it to the bank, if we can't count on it, if he said he'd deliver us out, he'll deliver us out. Now, if you're not going to stand on the word and if you're going to, if you're going to just give up right away and fall over and cry. Then he'll be there to help you when you reach up again. Amen. I was going to say God wants to bless us. There's no limit to how he wants to bless us. But he's not a good father if he just does it irrespective of our maturity. Don't keep blessing your kids. Everybody listening now? Because you need this today. Do not keep rewarding your children when they display inappropriate behavior for, for their age. Hmm? Don't keep rewarding your children if they're not going to serve God. We live in, a, in, in an age where uh, the world preaches equality, equality. Everybody should get the same blessing. That's communism. God doesn't do that. God blesses the ones that he can. He's not going to be a bad father and give blessings to kids that can't handle them. And, can't, and, and if it'll cause you to not serve him, he's going to see to it that you don't get it. Amen. One of the best things any parent can do for their kids is teach them consequences. You say you do this, uh, you be blessed. You don't, this is what's going to happen, and make sure it happens. I mean, some parents, they, I've heard people say things like, you do that again, I'm going to break both your arms. You can't break both their arms, you go to jail tell them stuff that can re- that really will happen. Right, right, Don't right. say I'm going to break both your arms. <laughs> 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 right. yeah. Teach them consequences. This is how God is. People are go- people grow up now they believe that God'll just let anything slide. Any he's not that way. He's not going to bless you anyhow he can't. Right, right. He's got to bless those who have grown. And he, that's why he wants you to grow. I mean, a lot of kids, they, only, they know they don't have to obey until mom has raised her voice to the top notch and used their full name. That there is no reason. Listen to me, moms and dads, and I, I'm preaching to us too. There's no reason why your kids can't obey the first time in a normal tone of voice every time. There's no reason. If they don't, it's because you haven't trained them. Now, if we're talking about 18-year-olds, you, you should. You, your training time's pretty well done with. You know what I'm saying? But when they're little ones, train them. Training means teach them. This is what we do. Take them by the hand. This is what this is how we do it. If you don't do it, here's what's going to happen. And you can do it in a loving way. But when they don't do it, that needs to happen. It's easier to do on the first kid. If you notice that you guys notice that it's easier to do that on the first kid. The second one, you still got to deal with the first one. You just let it go. (laughs) But you can't do that. You're not blessing them. God wants to fellowship with us on his level. He wants us to come up. He wants to use us. But he wants to bless us. It takes growth. You got to grow into all those things. Well, be excited because we're going to tell you how. We're going to talk to you about it the these next couple weeks it's going to be really good life changing stuff god just uh, he he, i I do believe that he gives me the absolute his best for you amen because he loves you wants to bless you father thank you for your desires for us thank you for what you want to do on our behalf how you want to use us